Welcome back to Watching Friends. This is season four, episode nine, the one where they're going to party. Party. I'm Mark. Quick question for you. Are you ready to party? <laughs> I'm Ryan. And so I'd have like to go home, fry some kind of G and take a bath. Uh, so yeah, first off, we need to thank our patron supporters for helping make this episode. So thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Paul. And thank you, Deborah, once again, for helping to support us on patreon.com forward slash watching friends indeed uh because you help make this podcast happen yeah so thank you very much and uh any of our other listeners you can also help us with uh, making this podcast by helping to support us by picking different tiers we have like a, a one pound tier which you know most people can afford i think um and then we have our five pound tier where you get extra bonus content so you get an extra bonus episode every month where we discuss you know episodes of joey as well as like random other friends stuff and then there is a £20 producer tier, uh, which is for the very wealthy out there. So, you know, come along, come join us, join our little community, and you can also chat to us, which is nice. It is. Um, so thank you very much. Um, there's been some French news recently. Uh, so Matthew Perry is sorry for what he wrote in his book about uh, Keanu Reeves. He is, isn't he? Yes. So he has already apologized to Keanu Reeves uh, publicly as well as personally. And he said, basically, he just picked a name at random and he didn't mean any ill will towards him and it wasn't personal. He just needed a name and, and that came to his head. A lot of people said afterwards, why didn't you use your own name? That would have been way more impactful, especially for like the moment you're talking about Yeah, in the book where he basically is like, you know, the, this famous actor's died, this one's died. And then he's like, but, but, you know, Keanu Reeves is still among us. It's like, oh, like. He should be dead when he should be like, you know, but you know, Matthew Perry is still among us. Like, you know, I should probably be dead, which is, you know, part of his whole book at the start, yeah, isn't given it? How that book starts, like, yeah, he probably should be dead. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's nice he's apologized and all future like reprints and versions of it, like, that's going to be changed. Yeah. Um, I mean, speaking of Keanu, I'll admit he isn't the best actor in the world. He, he definitely has, um, you know, a role. So if he's doing Bill and Ted, Matrix One, yep, like any anything like that. I mean, a lot of people will point out John Wick; he's amazing that, but he doesn't very much talk in that. He gets more and more Keanu the more those movies go on. Does he? I saw John Wick Four last week, and I was like, uh, Number Three was good, but I found like Halle Berry was pointless in it, and I was like, What are we doing? Like this getting a bit clutchy now. And so when they announced Number Four, I was like, Ugh. Like they can't keep how many cool ways of Keanu killing people can they actually invent? Yeah, it gets a bit silly uh, when he manages to take down thousands of people over the course of the movies. But then I watch number four, and there's a scene near the start where he like out Keanu's himself. <laughs> okay. Like it's like the line is like so forcefully Keanu delivered that it was almost parody. But the movie was fantastic. If I had to rank the John Wick movies, John Wick one would be the like, top, then four, then two, then three. Three is the worst one. Okay. Um, there's one shot in the fourth one that kind of he's walking up a staircase in like a half the left of a building and it pans around and rotates around the staircase with him before eventually being a shot from above and there's like a whole scene there's like a top-down computer game um and he just blasting people to death with like flying okay. around in a uh, yes i've heard about that and he just i'm gonna start to go like this is the coolest thing i've ever <laughs> like it's really cool so no they can keep making cool ways for Keanu to kill people because clearly john mcfall proves that it's a great film okay so so Going back to your starting point. Yes. I can see why people criticise Keanu as an actor because I always talk about like people having Jim Carrey syndrome where 
they they don't really perform. They just act like themselves and say the lines in the script. Well, the thing is, like Keanu Reeves, I I really like him as a person. He's he's absolutely nice. I wouldn't go. He's breathtaking like a lot of people <laughs> do now. Like he, he he seems like a really nice person. I you know if, if you got the chance to meet him, great. He seems really down to earth, very kind, definitely very kind. And yeah, you can point out, especially maybe his like two thousands films. There's a lot of stuff where it, he didn't quite work as an actor in the film or whatever. Like he should definitely play to his strengths, and he does in a lot of films. Yeah, I think he's he's probably hit it out of the park more times than most. Though it's yeah. just it's just in the two thousands there was. And I don't even think it's, it's a Keanu Reeves problem a lot of time. A lot of time, the film itself just wasn't good. Yeah, you literally... No, I was literally about to say, like, Constantine the movie. That's what I was thinking of in my head. It's a bad movie, but it's nothing to do with Keanu and entirely to do with the fact that they they took the, the concept and then abandoned the source material almost entirely and made it really weird. I'm like, that's not John Constantine. No. What are you doing? Um, but that's not his fault. He turned up, did his job. He's quite good at it. It's yeah. just the rest of the movie didn't did live up to the Keanu-ness. And, uh, and I think that's the thing, because he's he isn't an action hero. And, you know, he's not he's not a comedian either. So he he does have to pick his roles, and yes, some films he's done, you know, not great. But I say so even though he's not like the best most people go, Oh, he's quite wooden. But I feel like a lot of the time he's playing a character like that who is kind of like out of their depth. Whether it's Bill and Ted or The Matrix or whatever, where they like they don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, like taking Bill and Ted an example, he's supposed to be like a a dude, dude. Like he's yeah. supposed to be like, whoa, it's a teenage dude. Like he's just, just ex- empty headed. Yeah, yeah. What you expected him to be? Like he's not going to be waxing yeah. philosophical about things because he is just a, a kid essentially. And then in Point Break, he's basically just like you know, which is meant to be one of his best films. Yeah. I, I, it's one I need to see. But he goes from like dude to surfer dude. Like right. you know, depending on the role, I don't think he's a bad actor. I just wouldn't put him up there with the likes of, you know, Peter Cushing or, yes. you know, like the, the thespians of the age. Uh, but he's not bad. He's great. And one thing that does help, especially nowadays in social with social media and the way, I guess, actors and celebrities don't really get any personal space. Keanu is the one person that you consistently hear nothing but positive things about. Yeah. I remember hearing a story where a flight was cancelled and uh, they all put onto a replacement bus and then Keanu bought everybody like coffee and donuts at a, a rest stop okay. because of how terrible it was and he didn't publicise that story the people did Yes. Um, and he just seems like a sweetheart and yeah I feel like he's one of those people you would like to meet because he would just feel like meeting a friend Yeah. whereas there's some people who are like you know like Mariah Carey who's like I want an orange carpet or whatever and I'd be like no I don't want to hang out which, with you which is why I think for the book it, it stuck out as a sort of I'm like what's Keanu done Keanu's a nice guy like yes he might, he might not be the the best actor in the world he's still a pretty good actor he's a nice guy there's nothing wrong with him why are you singling him out there's you know you could have mentioned any you know dictator or whoever else like just some horrible person in history and it might have made sense as a joke but Keanu was a weird pick yeah and and at least he's explained himself and he you know Matthew Perry didn't double down and go no actually like this is my reason why he went no I made a mistake I'm sorry I've apologized to him publicly and personally that, and that's how you probably should do it. Yeah, that's just an adult reaction. Like, yep, yeah, I shouldn't have done it. I did. Plus, he couldn't double down. Because if he did go, yeah, Keanu sucks, he'd immediately, like, the internet would immediately be yeah. like, screw you, Matthew Perry. because Everyone likes Keanu. Keanu. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if you want to buy my limited edition book, it's uh, $10,000 on eBay right now. <laughs> First edition print. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we should get into this episode, the one where they're going to party. Uh, we begin outside Central Perk, and the girls are making everyone close their eyes for a surprise. It's that bitching van. <laughs> it's that bitching van. <laughs> uh, it's got a lady with, you know, 
armor that only protects women's chests, uh, rides in a dragon, and uh, her nipples light up red. So I'm sure you can tell us all about this with your... You're quite a Dungeons and & Dragons and role-playing person. Tell us about, about women's boob armor. Uh, Italian's very heavy metal inspired. The Not the musical drama, the magazine. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's an old fantasy trope, I guess, that, you know... The, me, the men are in the full gear, covering every part of them. Well, it depends. So, like, if you're, like, like kind of dark medieval fantasy, yeah, the men would be in lots of, you know, plate armour. Yeah. And women were half naked. And they'd normally be, like, a sorcerer or some description, so they could justify not needing the armour. Um, but in, like, the old kind of Conan source and sword and sorcery stuff... Like He-Man, I guess. Yeah, like Conan wears a loincloth. So most of the people in it are just as naked as the women. Okay. Um, uh, there's, there's the odd excuse. Like, there's a, a dark Eldar character from Games Workshop called Lilith Halsborax. And she's basically, a, imagine an evil elf. Um, and she fights in an arena with in basically bra and pants. Um, it's, it's not armor at all. Um, and she does so because she's so good at fighting that she's never been cut. So she's showing off her skin to show off how unblemished it is. Okay. Now, is that just an excuse for us to have a half-naked yeah, elf lady? That makes me think of anime stuff where they're like, oh, but the story explains why they're naked. And like, no. You know what it reminds me of? When they released some footage of Metal Gear Solid Five. And everyone yes. reacted about Quiet, and Kojima said, you're all going to feel stupid when you find out why Quiet's half-naked, because reasons. And then when you find the reason out, and it's because she doesn't breathe, she photosynthesizes, so her skin needs to be exposed to sunlight so she can actually survive. And I'm like, you just made that up so she can be naked. <laughs> yes. That's not a real condition. Yes. Um, be- because, you know, uh, even um, like stunt women um, have this issue. So when um, stunt actors are doing their stunts, normally they're padded up and their knees and elbows and stuff like that. Men, it's fine because they're wearing like jackets and trousers and all sorts of things. So they can wear as much padding as they like because it's all hidden by clothing. The women, though, are generally quite skimpy, like what they're wearing. So the the actor, like the, the stunt actors are like, well, I can't wear any pads because she's got like all her elbows and everything else showing. So I basically just have to take the fall and do it harder than the men do because like I can't wear like skin colored padding because it's obvious like it's padding that's fair and and it's like it's kind of interesting thing about that it's like i you know until i saw that i didn't didn't notice well my girlfriend pointed something out that i'd i'd never noticed before but we're both big buffy fans and we'll watch buffy together and then she'll be like oh buffy's got her fighting tits on and i'll be like what especially the f- the first series you definitely notice where the the stunt woman comes in and you're like oh buffy's changed a lot they like physically do yeah. not look the same but i had never really paid attention to it or noticed it but now it's been pointed out to me. Every single time it happens, I'm like, Buffy's got her fighting boobs on because the, the stunt woman is had to say, more blessed. Well, the the other thing is that when uh, Sir Michelle Gellar, especially in the first season, when she does a punch, she looks like a child that's never punched before punching. And then all of a sudden it turns into like, like aerobatics where you're like, oh, wow, she can actually punch and kick and do things. And it's it's kind of interesting. But as, as the that show goes on, Sir Michelle Gellar does get better. And I think like, her physical look changes as well. Yeah, she be, she becomes like a little bit more muscular and toned and stuff to yeah. She to match. So more, yeah, it's, it's that first series is really. Uh, there's a really famous scene in the Once More Feeling episode where Giles is singing as he walks around Buffy and she's punching her punching bag, but she's got bent wrists as she throws the punch. Yeah, and everyone just points out the entire time that that's not how you should punch things, and it breaks the scene for them. Um, and they're like, oh, who cares? It's TV shows. But I get where people are coming from. Like I can't punch properly, really. But when I'm watching a, a war movie and, you know, the bolt's locked open on a rifle, I'm like, that's not going to fire. Like, when you know, you know. Yeah. 
So, so when people come to Birmingham and they find out what cinema seat you're sitting in because you've given that away, uh, they know that you can't throw a punch. No. <laughs> They're fine mugging you. I might have a gun though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is Birmingham, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, back to our friends podcast. Uh, it's okay because Phoebe is going to paint the sword that the lady is holding on their bitching van uh, into a baguette. That works perfectly. I don't really think this uh, is a style that Monica would have for a catering business though. like I, I imagine a white van some classy gold lettering it's a bit swirly yeah incursive you know, yep. uh, cakes by Monica mm-hmm. you know funerals by Monica like something like that not uh, a woman riding a dragon with a baguette looking yep. like a sketchy scooby-doo van busty baguette warrior isn't Monica's vibe yeah like it's, it's you know it's had a water bed in the back I would have immediately said that has a bed in the back Probably a curtain as well, maybe some beads, yep. a black light. You know, you you know what that van was used for. Yeah, there's definitely a little box of records and a couple of leftover doobies. Yes, uh, yeah. yeah, there's definitely a, <laughs> there's definitely a weird smell that's coming from this van. Herbal. Um, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Monica seems so happy about it. I think uh, she would definitely have something different. I suppose it's progress. I guess she could fix it. Well, back at the girls' apartment, Monica is telling the gang how she's uh, feeling as a food critic for the Chelsea Reporter. Uh, and Ross isn't very supportive. Um, you know, I guess the, the Chelsea Reporter is probably like a, a free newspaper in the local area because mm. they live in Chelsea. Um, I kind of kind of think it's funny. It's like, oh, yeah, how, how many people are going to read this sort of thing? It's like, well, you know, it's still in a paper, even if it's free and local and whatnot. Yeah, some people just like to poop on your pie, don't they? Yeah. Uh, but Phoebe's misunderstands, thinking she's got a new job. Uh, but instead, it's free dinner once a week for everyone, which sounds great. Yeah, we should look into this, Mark. I want free food. There, well, there's um, you know, the, the, there's a free paper in the UK called the Metro. Yep. And they always have a food critic in there. And I remember, like, I when I used to to get the train, I would read it, and I would read about these restaurants I had never any intention of going to because it was always that like, fun reading because they're they're always quite catty. Mm-hmm. They're never like the food was good. I enjoyed myself. They're, they're, as a critic, there always has to be like some complaints or explanation or whatever. Um, I mean, I write for a gaming website when I'm right here, as regular listeners might know, and I am probably overly kind in most of my views. Like, I sometimes I'll write a really scathing paragraph that's just eviscerating the game, and then my brain goes, "But Ryan." X amount of people spent X amount of weeks like busting what, their butt to make what, this. Yeah, what have you done with your life? It's, I guess it's the same way when we get reviews. We're like, well, you're not doing a friend's podcast, <laughs> one star person. <laughs> so there's plenty of times where I've, I've rewritten stuff to be like, look, yes, that this is bad. Like if it's technically bad, I will we'll point out it's yeah. bad. But I will attack people making it. So I will know like it's not, that's just uncalled for. And you are like food reviews are so pretentious yeah. and horrible for no real reason. Well, think of Ratatouille. I've never seen Ratatouille. Oh, Ratatouille is such a great film, especially if you worked at Disney. You think you would have yeah, watched even that. Even though I had pet rats and worked for Disney, you would think of Ratatouille's right <laughs> on my street, but I've still never watched it. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think it'd be nice to go somewhere random, uh, you know, once a week for free food. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I surprising that the, her job is going to pay for all her friends, especially Joey. Yeah. He's, he's going to eat a lot, isn't he? Um, but yeah, so that's what she's going to be doing now. Uh, and then Chandler has a question for ross is he ready to party hey guys hey ross quick question for you are you ready to party i don't know i could maybe go out for a couple of beers but there's this thing about bumblebees on the discovery channel no no i don't think you heard me are you ready 
to party? <laughs> no. Gandalf? Gandalf is coming to town? Kathy's with her parents. I have nothing to do, so tomorrow we are partying with Gandalf, dude! It's a bit like a Christmas song, isn't it? Gandalf's coming <laughs> to town. Um, yeah, the guys are going to take a day off work because they're going to party. He's like the party wizard. Um, as, as the resident nerd here, Ryan, do you want to talk about Gandalf and the relationship there? Well, I was trying to work out why they call this guy Gandalf. He's Gandalf, a party wizard. Well, he's not a particularly party animal, is he? But then I realised where the reference comes from. So in The Hobbit, uh, Gandalf basically volunteers Bilbo, I've got his name for a second, mm-hmm. to basically go on the adventure by carving a rune onto his door and all the dwarfs go in. So there's like, I think it might actually, the chapter might actually be called an unexpected party. Okay. Um, which would be the reference, like obviously Gandalf is the reason this giant adventure ends up in Bilbo's life. Do you think it's that clever? I'm just thinking he might be a guy who has a beard oh. and they party. <laughs> Did I just go full nerd, Mark? <laughs> like, 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 I feel like your, your reference is like so niche, especially for friends. Like they, they don't ever go that far, really. I mean, the writers, I mean, maybe it's based on someone from the writers, their college days, and that's because they're college nerds and writers, they would have definitely read Lord of the Rings. I, I guess, but I kind of feel like, you know, he's just like a wizard at having parties. Oh, he's Gandalf, you know, like that's just the generic term for wizard. I like my idea. I do like your idea, but I feel <laughs> it's like so out there. Like you have to be like a bit of a Lord of the Rings nerd to catch that reference. Fair. Um, but maybe, yeah, maybe I, we'll find out one day. In my head, I'm imagining he has a long white beard at the very least. That's less likely than my idea. What college age man's got a long white beard? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've got to ask <laughs> that. Uh, anyway, we're at Rachel's job and uh, she's interested in a job opening for an assistant buyer and asked Joanna for advice. Thankfully, Joanna is on the hiring committee. Actually, I'm on the hiring committee, so there'll be at least one friendly face. Oh, that's great. Do you know, uh, Junior Miss is where I started. I had to sleep with the ugliest guy to get that job. (laughs) Really? No. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, no. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Don't you worry, I'm sure with your qualifications, you won't need to sleep with some guy to get the job. (laughs) Although, uh, I might need some convincing. Right, we we need to talk about this, because it seems like the only way to get a job in New York is to sleep with someone. Because uh, Joey has to do it. Rachel is potentially going to have to do it here. Um, I'm sure some others have uh, brought it up that they might have had to have done that. Uh, seems kind of interesting, especially especially at the end there where Joanna's like, you know, maybe you have to sleep with me. Like, like, oh, is Joanna interested in Rachel or is this like just really playful, awkward banter? That's definitely banter, but it's also definitely a HR conversation I, nowadays. Yeah. I, well, I was going to say, even back then, it's probably a HR conversation. Your boss propositioning you like that like how do you even react to something like that like it's definitely like a position of power thing going on as well yeah i mean with joey and like kind of obviously in recent years have had me too like you kind of expect it i guess of that industry especially at the time but for an interview at bloomingdale's yeah i don't bother job that badly like yeah it's funny you tell the story yourself where you you know she's like i see it was the ugliest guy to get this job like fine, but then to then be like, I'm going to carry this on with this terrible thing, which I clearly didn't want to do myself. Yeah, uh, is a bit weird. I think she's clearly joking, but she kind of flips back and forth. I'm like, I did, I didn't, I did, I didn't, and it makes it awkward. Yeah, if she just said, 
if you'd made the joke immediately after saying it initially, you'd be like, that's funny. But because she's gone back and forth, you are like, wait, you, I don't know if she's serious now. No. And and you can tell that from Rachel's face. She's like, I don't know how to talk to you now. Like, do you expect me to sleep with you to get the job? It's it's kind of funny. It, you, it, it, I think the joke is, is quite funny, but it also is a bit interesting. Yeah, it, it hits weird to, to yeah. modern ears, I guess. Uh, but back at the, the boys' apartment, Joey, you know, just doesn't get the excitement Chandler has for Gandalf coming. Uh, until Chandler tells us how their parties actually went. Uh, Ross enters and he is prepared with extra socks and a snake bite kit, although Chandler doesn't think it's going to be exactly like last time. You know, I can't actually see Ross and Chandler partying like this, and I don't think Joey does either. No, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, their social dynamic between the two of them is so far from, you know, like Gandalf party style level that you are like, wait, what? But people can be an influence. They can be, but I feel like I, it's it's difficult to think because I, f- I feel like Chandler is the type where he probably wouldn't get drunk. He would probably be too sensible for that and be like, no, it's a waste of money. I don't need to be hung over. I'll have a few, whatever. Have a nice, quiet time sort of thing. Ross may be a little bit more, but I, I don't know. I just can't see these being partying dudes. Well, I mean, I guess it's the, the time that's passed, isn't it? Like, you know, when they're in college, it's very different to when you're late 20s. I, you say that. At the same time, we've seen what they were like in college with their, their hairstyles <laughs> and everything else going on. They were the dorkiest of dorks. If they got invited to parties, I think they would be lucky. Like, if you said Rachel partied, oh, yeah, like, definitely. Fair. Um, Monica, not so much. No, definitely not. Uh, Phoebe, yes. Yep. Uh, Joey, yeah. Um, but they, these two, I just, you know, especially especially when you see like later episodes, Ross like has his bachelor party in, you know, the basement of a pizza hut. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a bit of Joey's, but like that's that's kind of more his level, isn't it? It's just like, yeah. you know, casual hangout, not we're going we're gonna to paint the town red sort of thing. I always imagine that Gandalf was the cool friend that knew Chandler and Ross and liked them for some reason but yeah. like he was obviously way cooler than them and much more popular but would occasionally be like oh I'll hang out with these dudes because they have this one thing in common a bit a bit like fun bobby i guess yeah um yeah so then sadly the phone rings and gandalf can't make it oh, oh so all gone uh but we're back at bloomies and rachel's infuse going pretty well uh she implemented a new filing system wow, wow. i really like the way um you know, Joanna's like, you know, she just put little coloured things on the folders. Like, but it, this is the type of thing you do in your CV all the time. You're like, what did I do? Oh, all I did was answer phones and pack things. I was logistics coordinator and I was also in charge of uh, meeting new and important clients. Like, that's how you like sell yourself. And yep. I feel like Rachel is definitely doing that. Because, um, you know, creating you find a system, cool, you've done a good job. It's not going to be your everyday thing, though. Yep. Um, but Joanna, um, you know, while she agrees about the new filing system, she's trying her best to, to torpedo Rachel's chances. Joanna really has been an incredible mentor to me. Oh, and Rachel has been really incredible at getting my morning bagel for me. It's amazing how she gets it right almost every time. <laughs> I, I, of course, I have more responsibilities than that. Oh, I, yes. Of course. Well, there's the coffee, too. Rachel can carry two things at once. That's uh, very good. Now, a uh, big part of this job is cultivating personal relationships, especially with designers. Yes, I realize and Rachel that. shouldn't have any problem with that. Her only problem might be getting a little too friendly, if you know what I mean. 
<laughs> I love working with designers. With them, under them. What's the difference, eh, Rage? Ouch. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there is uh, quite a few things to, to break down there. I really like the way she's like, you know, Rachel can carry two things at once sort yeah. of thing. Um, and Rachel is having to, you know, push back on all this stuff. The guy that is there in the interview is really odd. Because he's like, uh, okay, anyways, let's move on from this. Like, he, 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 he acknowledges it, but he doesn't know who he should side with, whether it's Jonah or Rachel. Yeah, he's almost like, okay, then, why does... Yeah. It's almost like he's thinking, like, if this is what she's like, why does she still work here? Yeah. Because in America, you can get fired for anything with zero notice. And, so. and there's another lady there who does absolutely nothing, doesn't say a word, doesn't no. back up Rachel at all. She's pointless. Um, yeah, Rachel talking about, you know, designers and Joanna just basically... And probably a more HR nightmare because it's in front of our people saying, like, you know, you know, working with them, under them, what's the difference? Like, you know, she wants to sleep with designers. Like, yep. no, like, Rachel does word it badly. She's like, I love designers. I want to work with them. It's like, no, I think you should really push against Joanna here like she is destroying your character right now yeah in a weird way like it's got to be an obvious way um absolute horrible of her but we're going to come back to that in a little bit because um Monica's first review is out nice uh she did not like the restaurant she went to and this is when the owner turns up on her doorstep and he wants to talk to her about the review now Monica is is clearly scared here and won't let him up uh, but thankfully, Phoebe lets him in. <laughs> yeah, I love that bit. Now, I've always hated working in like offices where there's like a, a door key card system or an apartment where you've got the same. And you open the door and then all of a sudden these people come out of all the bushes everywhere and try to follow you in. And you're like, <laughs> no, like, 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 you know, the key card is for me to enter. Get your own key card because I don't know who you are. Yep. And certainly when I was in an apartment that was like that. If you ever let someone in like that, they were always there to deliver leaflets into your letterbox. So you go down and go, oh, what's in my letterbox? Oh, just crap. Crap. That I did not want, and they were not meant to have access to anyway. Only the postman's meant to. Um, yeah, and it is just fine. Because it is awkward as well. Because you're like, look, I can't let you in to the building. But they just ignore you. And I've certainly had people pretend they don't understand me when I'm like, look, you're going to need a key card every single door on the way here. I can leave you here, stuck here if you want. Or you can go back outside. And just go, hmm? No, just stay out. It is it is annoying. Um, yeah, so Alessandro enters her apartment and wants a retraction. And Monica, you know, she defends herself pretty well. And this uh, kind of reminds me a bit of uh, Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. Yep, that's um, an enjoyable show. Oh, definitely. Like, you know, when... And this is, the, I guess, the problem with the people on the show, and I'm sure it's done for TV. Same with Alessandro here, is that if you have a restaurant that is failing... And you think your food is fine, but no one wants to buy your food. The, you've got a problem that you yeah. need to pay attention to. Don't just go, it's amazing, when everyone is telling you to your face, it is not it's good. It's not good. Um, so before we carry on, we need to talk about uh, Taylor Negron. I feel, feel like that's the way you pronounce the name. Um, so he is the actor who plays Alessandro. Sadly, he passed away in 2015. Um, you know, he's been in quite a few things that you might might have heard of, like The Last Boy Scout, um, you know, Easy Money, and um, Funky Monkey, How I Got Into College, uh, Young Doctors in Love. I don't know if you know those ones. I do not uh, But no, uh, The Last Boy Scout, I think, is a film that, that's well known, as well as Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, they're, they're some like kind of classic films, I guess. True. Um, yeah, I just thought I 
wanted to point out, and I, I think you know, as we've been going through friends, and as the the cast gets older, there there are more and more people who have sadly passed away, and I think it's it's right for us to, to you know mention them, and you know you can see what they did in friends, and you know enjoy their their moment on the show, I guess. Yeah, very um, cool. You know, I, I quite like what Alessandro does. Like, he's he's quite a good actor in this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and yeah, he's upset at Monica. But Monica is going to show him how food should actually taste. Because, you know, she mentions, you know, the, the soup. Yeah. Basically being just like flavoured water, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Alessandro doesn't want to stick around because he's got another critic to yell at, which I think is really funny. But uh, this is one thing I like about Monica as a critic, is that she can cook and is a really good chef. So she can back up her criticisms. Yes. Whereas some critics can't cook or, you know, you see people criticise things. It's like, well, what's your... The expe- expertise. Yeah, like, how, how do you know? Like, have you just turned up today and gone, this food's horrible, I didn't like it? Or have you mm. actually got a reason behind why you don't like it? Can you be constructive with your criticism? Yeah. Or just go, I don't like it. Uh, but with that, we're going to ha- take a quick ad break. Mark and I create this podcast in our own time, and we'd love to bring you more content. To do that, we need your support. Join the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Our £5 tier, also available in dollars, will get you the ad-free version of the show, access to the exclusive content such as our episode all about James Michael Tyler, our top 10 rankings of everything from the best episodes to our favourite guest stars, on our exploration of all the weird and wonderful Friends merch, Friends Fest, and much more. And beginning at the end of January, Mark and I will delve into the fantastic spin-off series, Joey, only available to patrons, help shape the future of our content with access to our Patreon polls. We're there for you. Be there for us and the rest of the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. We're back at Rachel's job, and she's upset at Joanna, obviously, and uh, wants to discuss the interview. Yeah. Uh, Joanna thinks Rachel is making a scene, uh, but no one else is there, so she calls in Sophie just to make them both feel bad, <laughs> yeah. which I really like. I, I like how Rachel, you know, first comes in and is like, you know, I'm not crying because I'm upset, and it's like, yeah, she's clearly emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever ever had, like, an emotional meeting like this where you want to talk to the bosses about something, and, like, yeah, it's been playing on you for a long time. Uh, I've been technically fired twice. Um, both times my contract wasn't renewed, so technically it doesn't count as being fired. Uh, one time I did not care and was actively screaming at the manager at the time. Okay. Um, so I wasn't bothered. The other time my manager cried um, when he, when they like didn't renew my contract slash let me go, right. which was he was a sweetheart to be fair, and I I just hadn't been doing my job properly. I just was sick of it. And then he was like, right, you fell probation. And then but he got really upset. He's like, you're a really nice guy. And then got all sad. Mm. And I was like, yeah, well. I was a terrible employee, so I it's was, fine. I was rubbish. Which <laughs> 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 so I was, to be fair. I can't argue with him. Yeah, like it, it is hard talking to your boss, especially about things like this or things you're upset over not happening. Um, so I get, I get Rachel being emotional. And um, this is when Rachel decides to pack up her desk and leave before the end of the day. And then goes, well, I guess there's no point sticking around any any longer, like <laughs> after she takes her sad muffin out. Uh, you know, Joanna did this because she didn't want to lose her perfectly good assistant. And that's why she said all those things about her flirting and drinking. Mm-hmm. I like the way she's like, I didn't want to lose a perfectly good assistant. Not, I didn't want to lose you. Just a perfectly good assistant. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of horrible. It is. To, to be described as that. 
I like it actually. It's like, you can't stay at my assistant forever. Or you, Sophie. But entirely different reasons. <laughs> yeah. It just craps on Sophie again. I, I really want an episode with Sophie. It's, uh, there's something about her that I really enjoy and wish we got to see more of her. If we're doing like in season nine, found out that Joanna would be murdered and Sophie was on the run, I wouldn't have been shocked. No, 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 no. <laughs> I exactly. Been like, yeah, that makes sense. As, as we're going to find out later on in the episode, I guess. Um, you know, there, there is the mention of the drinking there. Now, I know in America, like drinking is, you know, more frowned upon, especially binge drinking. If you're like, I, I'm going to get drunk tonight, like, whoa, like, you okay? America has such a strange relationship with beer, given that beer adverts are everywhere, yeah, all the time, and yet. You drink and you've got a problem. And it's like, what? Do yeah. I? Well, if I, if we talked about you, like some of the nights you've been out drinking, people would be like, Ryan, is everything okay? If you've got a problem, whereas over here, everyone's just like, oh yeah, Ryan had a good time. Yeah. You know, he he drank, you know, you know, ten ten bottles of lager, whatever. You've had this, you had that. Like, no, no one cares, no one cares. because yeah. because whilst it is bad for you doing that sort of binge drinking. Um, you're not an alcoholic in the way I guess people. Yeah, like think I don't. I mean, I drink. I guess I would describe myself as a binge drinker. I don't drink every weekend. Yeah. Um, but when I go out, I drink more than I normally would. Like I might have the odd beer in the week, but on a party night out, I'm going to drink a lot more than I normally do, which technically is binge drinking. But yeah, Americans are strange. It's like, oh my god, you had a beer at lunch. Are you okay? It's like, yeah, it's a beer at lunch. Yeah. Like, yeah. How America would react to finding out that the majority of Britain has a beer and a breakfast at the airport before they fly out, <laughs> no matter what time of the day it is. It could be hot, 5.30am and you're having a point. It's 5pm somewhere. Yeah, it's, 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 it was on TV the week that it's a tradition that nearly all Brits do. They'll have a beer before a flight, oh, really? regardless of the time. I did it last time I to Amsterdam. It was 6.15 and I had a full fry up and a pint of ale. Um, just because that's what we do. <laughs> oh my God, England needs help. But yeah. You know, Joanna is a horrible person. She is. Um, but yeah, she doesn't want to lose Rachel, and she's going to create a position for her, an assistant buyer in this department, given her a raise and her own office. That's always like a, a trope in, in films. You get the corner office. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of American, well, I don't, I wouldn't say a lot of American offices, but on TV, a lot of them are cubicles. You know, like, I don't have three cubicle walls in what I have, like, four walls and a door. Walls, yeah. yeah, like, that's always like the big thing. Um, I think I really cared for having my own office. Don't really care that much. I find this bit really interesting because I don't know what kind of HR department exists in the states and why it would have been like a Bloomingdale's. But the second Joanna kind of tipped her hand and was like, "Oh yeah, you can. I'll make you a position, and you can have a raise and your own office." I'd be like, "Hmm, you're scared. Yeah, like you, why, you, why you suddenly give me all this? Why you know if I was to push this and say no i'm gonna go talk to the head of the company about your behavior like suddenly could i have your job i don't i don't think she's worried about that at all i think legit she doesn't want to lose her as an assistant it's like well i can fudge the numbers a bit and you can still do the same work for me but you'll feel better because you're earning more money for a different title i think that's more it really uh but yeah so that that makes rachel pretty happy which is good uh back at the boys they're lazily watching tv when joey enters uh, they're gutted that Gandalf couldn't come. Uh, Joey tries to convince them that you know they can party and perhaps they can end up on a boat again, which I, I really like his childish, <laughs> childishness of that. Uh, now there is a Magna Doodle board here, but one I can't quite make out what it says. No, nope. and two, no website mentions it either. So if anyone else can let us know what it says, please do. Yeah, make it uh, up. Perhaps you got the Blu-rays with yeah. their enhanced quality because on Netflix, like it's just a blur. Yeah, it's not 4K. <laughs> 
Uh, Rachel enters Monica's and is excited about her news, but then Monica jumps in and she's uh, been given the head chef job at the restaurant that she trashed. Uh, Phoebes arrives and learns that Rachel also got a promotion in her job. So, you know, nice for both of them. And the good news just keeps on coming because Phoebe got her and Monica a job. Except Monica is now giving up the catering. It feels like it's snowballing. And it means that Phoebe can, you know, still do the catering, even though Monica is the cook. The cook. Yeah, oops. Yeah, <laughs> kind I, of an essential part of the business. Yeah, like, I really like how Phoebe's like, I just, the person that turns up and asks for money. <laughs> so that sounds like a great job. Turn, I just turn up and ask for money. Uh, but yeah, she she's the cook. So, you know, what else is she going to do? Monica says uh, she'll pay Phoebe back all the money she's invested, but Phoebe's is clearly upset. There's a lot of upset uh, people in this episode. And I think it's fair. You know, Phoebe, yeah, she didn't have a job or anything, but she's gone in with a friend saying, look, we're going to do this together. And like, I'm going to put in my 100%, you're going to put in your 100%, great. And then Monica's just turned around and gone, nah, I've I've got something more more comfy, more stable. Definitely Phoebe's more upset about not being in business with her friend anymore than not being in catering. Yes. They could have done any job together and Phoebe would have been just as excited. Yeah. And, you know, it does throw Phoebe under the bus because... Okay, Monica is going to pay Phoebe back. First off, when? Yeah. But secondly, they've just like bought a van and stuff, and then Phoebe doesn't have a job now either. Yeah, what's Phoebe going to do? Just turn up and ask for money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel really sorry for Phoebe, and like Monica should have thought this through a bit more. Like, yeah, Monica really wants like to be known as head chef, but it seems to be being known as head chef more than the place she's working at. Yeah. As we we're about to find out, I guess. Uh, we're at Central Perk, and the guys are starting to flag a bit. I need to pick me up. Uh, Joey's having a great time, but the guys are just exhausted. Talk to some strangers. And uh, after this, we'll go down to the docks and see about that boat thing. <laughs> I'm kind of beat. Actually, me too. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Thank God I'm oh, exhausted. Oh. <laughs> so you guys want coffees? Yeah, but uh, I don't want to be up too late, so I'll have a decaf. Yeah, me too. Actually, can I get some hot water with a little lemon? I strain my voice screaming in there. Does it have to be so loud? I can't hear a word you're saying. My ears are ringing so bad. Uh, I'm just glad I brought that extra pair of socks, you know? I used them as mittens. I didn't want to touch a thing in that last place. How sad are we? Yeah, I know. You know, we're not sad. We're not sad. We're just not 21 anymore, you know? I'm 29 years old, damn it. And I want to sit in a comfortable chair and watch television and go to sleep at a reasonable hour. Yeah. Yeah, and I like to hang out in a quiet place where I could talk to my friends. Yeah. Yeah. But so what if I like to go home, throw on some Kenny G and take a bath? We're 29. We're not women. This is what getting old is like. Yep. Although they're only 29. Oh, it's true. They seem a bit young to be this old. but Yeah. Like, you know, that they, they bring up some good points. Like, you know, at 19, yeah, you can go out and drink all night and probably not have a hangover or whatever. But I feel like 29 is still a fairly young age. I feel like, I mean, what? I'm 36, nearly 37. And... Um, I could probably manage a heavy night maybe once a month and be okay. But the idea of going out and partying like I used to when I was like in my uh, late teens, God, no. 
Like, this clip is so relatable. Like, just take me out, give me some food, put me to bed. When you mean partying in your late teens, you mean playing PlayStation 1 games till 2 in the morning, do I mean you? actually partying. <laughs> I did do a bit of partying in my youth. Um, yeah, like, mostly house parties, to be fair, but that's entirely different animal. Clubs are just a nightmare. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's different dynamics. Like, one thing that I think, I guess people would relate to this is, obviously, I have my core friendship group, and we're not exactly party animals as a collective. But then I've got other friends who are maybe younger or a bit, and they, they party all the time. So when I go out with them, I'm exhausted after half the night. You're the old man of the group. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I don't do this. Or they've just, them. I mean, some of them are basically my age, but they constantly do this as well. They've got like endurance. So I'm just like, oh, it's quarter two. I'm going home. <laughs> and then like, I'll go to bed and I wake up the next morning. Like my one friend, every time he goes out, when he gets in to his front door, he takes a photo of the time on his Apple Watch and right. then posts that to be like, get it in at whatever. And it's kind of cringy, but also kind of cool. <laughs> He's done it for long enough now that it seems cool. It was cringy the first time I saw it. But I can't, I don't want to. I just want to go out or have friends around, have food, a couple of bottles of wine maybe. And then just chill. I... Yeah, I think the the guys do bring up a lot of good points. Like, especially the the loudness. I hate going to pubs or clubs or bars, whatever, and you can feel the vibration through the building. Mm-hmm. Like, sound engineers, I think, are deaf most of the time. They've got to be. Yeah. Uh, because they, they make it so it's not loud and enjoyable. It is just loud and it's distorted and it is not enjoyable. I've been to many, like, gigs and stuff where... So, mate, if you turn it down a little bit, it would actually sound so much better than what you've got turning up to 11. True. And certainly there's uh, a place here called Lloyd's, which is uh, a chain gastro pub, I guess. And I remember once going there for a friend's birthday. And as it's like a gastro pub, you know, you can you can have drinks and there's tables for food as well. You can have dinner there and stuff. And it was about eight o'clock and the food had just arrived and... Just after it had had got there, the lights went down, the music went up, some of the tables disappeared, and there's a dance floor next to us. And I'm like, right, first off, it's not a club. So why have you done that? It's 8 o'clock still. People are still eating and people are talking. And I think that's the the biggest issue that a lot of bars and pubs face is people are there having a great time chatting to their friends, but they feel like the music needs to be loud so you can hear it. So no, it should just be background noise when it's like empty and quiet. And then when it's like heaving... No one's even listening to it anymore. It doesn't need to no, be there. And it's nice. loud enough from just the noise of people that you don't need to add more to it. See, I, I can handle a gig. Like, if you're at a gig, I'm fine. Yes. Like, and I probably need a gig being like, yay, no, no, let's go for a beer after the gig or whatever, or get some tweet, fine. Um, but clubs to me are entirely different things now because I'm just like, it's just, I'm just listening to a CD loudly with company. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like a gig I can enjoy because I'm seeing the band live. But well, yeah, because I don't even understand how you would like meet other women like at the at the the club because it's really difficult to talk to someone. Like in a club, you cannot talk to anyone. It's yeah. just a lot of you just standing, just like nodding at each other and just going, kind of bored, not really doing much until we've drunk enough that you know, kind of forget about our inhibitions and whatnot. Like, I don't know how you'd ever meet someone. Because you can never be like, hey, what's your name? Like, who are you? Like, it's like you can have a conversation in the smoking area. And that's about it. Yes. I don't want to smoke. And, and, you, and you definitely couldn't go up to someone and be like, hey, do you want to come to a quiet place so I can talk to you? Cause it sounds like you're the, the kidnapper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I can totally agree with the guys here. Like, I like loud music. But they should, it should be quieter so you, it can be more enjoyable. Um, having a bath, listening to Kenny G. I mean, baths are underrated for sure. Um, but I think I have to agree with Joey here. We're not women. 
I mean, I don't really know who Kenny G is. Does he play saxophone? Probably. I don't know who he is, but yeah, so the reference is kind of lost on me. I don't really enjoy a bath, to be fair. Do you not? No. Not alone, anyway. Is, is that because yeah. your flowing locks just get everywhere? I just, after I've like, it's the initial like two minutes of me getting into the bath and being like, oh, relax. And then after about a minute or a half, my brain just goes, I'm saying dirty water. And I'll just get up and have a shower and get out. Like, I don't, I don't really enjoy them. I don't really get them as a relaxation thing. Perhaps you should listen to a podcast while you're in the bath and close your eyes so you're not just like dying your eyes around everywhere. I could try listening instead of the rest of Matthew Perry's book in the bath. I might try and drown myself because it's so depressing, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I can try. Uh, so, yeah. This is what getting old is like, sadly. Although, as I say, like at 29, I feel like they've still got a bit more in them. You'd hope so. Uh, in the morning still, we're at Central Perk. Uh, Monica has come up with loads of things Phoebe can do with her van. We've been doing a lot of thinking. A lot. And, um, well, I came up with a whole bunch of businesses that you can do with your van. Okay. Um, you could be a flower delivery person. What? Or a bakery delivery person. A pizza. All right, I got a whole bunch of, uh, of stuff in this area, but um, I'm, I'm getting the feeling that you don't want to deliver. No. Okay. And I'm guessing if you don't want to deliver, you probably don't want to pick up stuff either. So, yeah, all her ideas are bad. <laughs> yeah, um, like she's got a van. Use the van. Yeah, I, I like the way it's like, oh, if you don't want to deliver, you probably don't want to pick up either. That's, that's just delivering in reverse. That's true. Um, I mean, there's plenty of things she could use the van for. Like, you know, obviously she could have uh, drive-around massages. Relaxy-taxi. Relaxy-taxi, yeah. Um, you know, she could be a, a man with a van, so she doesn't have to deliver. She just has to drive. Drive, yeah. Um, well, you know, be a woman with a van, Mark. What's that? The woman with a van, yeah. man with a van. Yeah, yeah man with a van, yeah. Um, you know, she there are plenty of things she could do with a van that do not require delivery or pickup. But, you know, you could have a business inside the van. Yeah. You know, if you want, you don't have room in your apartment, it could just be, it's in the van. It's a bit more dodgy, but, you know, it happens. She could set up a little food truck from it. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. she, can, well, she can't, because she can't cook. Well, you, If she could cook, yeah. she could cater. Yeah, but she could buy stuff in, like cakes or whatever, and just sell them. Just drive around. Yeah, Mo- Monica would probably do that for her. She should just get lots of cookies and snacks, drive to college campuses. <laughs> I was wondering where you was going with this. Drive to the school. Hey, kids, I got some cakes here. <laughs> and just sell it to all the students that got munches. Yep. Uh, Ross could definitely help with that. Yeah, don't, don't go at three p.m. That's a long time. Three a.m. is yep. when you need to go. Kill the stoners. I wonder. Wonder what sound she'd play from the van. <laughs> now, like the ice cream van has like a little jingle, with, like ice cream's here, sort of thing. Yeah. Well, what would that? <laughs> what would that be? I don't know. I'll have a think and let you know. Uh, but yeah, so so all the ideas are bad, and Monica is going to stick with the catering um, until Phoebe sees how huge the list is Monica made for her. Phoebe allows her to take the job. Like, Monica did stay up all night thinking really hard about, you know, what she can do with the van. Well, it's very similar to last episode where one of the friends takes their feelings and puts them to one side so their friend can be happy. Yeah. Obviously, it's not as quite as drastic stakes when it comes to Kathy and catering, but, you know, it's still sweet. Rachel is back at work when it turns out uh, she hasn't heard. Joanna passed away last <laughs> night. Where's Sophie, Mark? Uh, well, she was hit by a cab leaving work, so Sophie's in the clear there. Uh, and this is when it dawns on Rachel, her promotion's not going to happen. And Sophie turns up and she's radiating. Um, I really love the way Sophie is like, 
I sure do. <laughs> like, that's kind of horrible, isn't it? Even if you didn't like the person who's died, I don't know if you could act like that happy. I, I feel like she made Sophie's life so miserable for 40 hours a week that Sophie couldn't not act like this. She's probably trying really hard to pretend to be sad, yeah. but, but can't. I've, I, I really like the way Rachel with the, the other woman is like, oh, like the woman's like, oh, you were, were you close to her? And it's like, well, yeah, sort of. She worked with her pretty closely, I think. It's like, oh, no. So she didn't, she didn't say anything before. No, <laughs> yeah. nothing about an assistant buyer. And then like, yeah, it dawns on her, like, there's no paperwork for any of this. Like, you know, at first Rachel is like, oh, that's so sad. And then, oh. Oh, wait. It's really, really yeah. sad because it's going to affect me. Um, That's when I'm desperately trying to log into her email client. And well, yeah, she she could easily have like you know logged in and like made up something and signed it and be like, oh, there's this thing on her desk. Like we did discuss it and she signed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because this is about to get a lot worse. I would totally be like, oh, we discussed this, and I think as like a last wish, it would honor her memory really well if I were to get that nice office. And have her job yep. with an even bigger raise. Um, I have to wonder, though, how Chandler feels about this. You know, it was only recently he was, like, sleeping with her in that very same office. I won't lie to you. When she gets hit by a cab, my brain went, did she not see it because she was getting the gloop out? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think she fixed that problem after last time, right? But Because no one says anything to Chandler. And, yeah, it might be a bit of a weird scene to put in, being like, hey, Chandler, uh, Joanne died. But I feel like there could have been some humor in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you're like Sophie's mean for being so excited and you're like let's make a joke out of death uh, yeah I know I think I think Chandler could have he could have made a joke somewhere or there could have been some humour in there but it's it is a little bit strange to me that Chandler doesn't know about any of this considering you know he was close to her in some ways true I'm just amazed that New York traffic moved fast enough to kill anybody yes <laughs> like she stepped off a curb and there's yeah cab, cabs do not move fast in central New York uh, we're at Monica's new job and the owner is introducing Monica to the team. He had to hire, uh, fire the previous head chef who's actually related to many of the employees. Awkward. This is not going to go well, is it? Um, Monica tries to give her a rousing speech but notices the upset faces. She's going to get punched, isn't she? Yeah, so like, are you going to kill me? <laughs> yeah, like... It's, it's awkward when you... you take when you start a new job especially if there's already a click there yep. the fact that you got someone fired and then took their job is even worse mm -hmm. and then they're also related to that person so yeah like that's their father you know granddad uncle, you know, uncle whatever, whatever yeah. yeah uh yeah they're definitely not going to be on your side at the same time you should never work for a family like operated business no it's a dreadful idea have you ever done that no oh so yeah yeah never work i've i don't think i have but I've seen enough people who have yeah, done where I've heard stories and yeah, it's just the, there's always family dramas in there. And you know, if you, if you work with like their son, but you're the boss and then you tell the son to do things and he's like, dad, they told me to do these things. Like that dynamic never works out well. No. So no work with family. I've heard stories of people who worked for like a husband and wife business. Yeah. And then they, the husband and wife basically got a divorce and that person's job was basically non-existent for three weeks while they tried to sort that out. But there was like zero communication between anyone. So they just, they had nothing to do. They were literally just sat there. They still got paid, but they had literally nothing to do. Yeah. No, never do it. So this is going to be our next chapter, I guess, in the Monica saga of cooking, because this goes on for a few episodes. It does. Uh, it goes to some interesting places, but that's the end of our episode.
Um, before we we recorded this, you you was like, oh, this is a a bit of a dull episode. I did say that, yeah. And I don't know. I I really like bits of it. Definitely, like the whole Rachel job stuff is is. Even though it has some issues, I guess, in the humor nowadays, I think it's quite funny. I really enjoy it. Um, the way, Just the way Joanna tries to torpedo Rachel's chances. Fair. Um, I guess that is the highlight of the episode. Um, but I just don't think there's a lot, all that much going on in the episode. And the boys' storyline is kind of... Yeah, the boys' storyline, it has like funny moments, but I, it doesn't quite fit their characters. No. And it doesn't obviously go anywhere. Um it's just them talking about doing something and then they do eventually do it, but we don't see it. That would have been more fun if we saw them getting up to things. Well, it just feels like this episode feels like a lot of setup for two jokes. Like it's a lot of setup for the like Gandalf and the party and the boys realizing they're old. That's like half their episode is just setting up to them yeah. and that's the role. And then the Rachel getting screwed over by Joanna. By Joanna is just like, again, that's just like, okay, set up. Here's the joke scene. And then you get a tailing joke of her being dead after with a bit of aftermath. But it's not, you know, rip-roaringly hilarious. Well, this this is what changes, I guess. This is one of those transitional episodes where this is going to be Rachel's job changing and it's Monica's job changing and Phoebe's job changing, the boys, whatever. Um, and then I guess the, the, the Monica and Phoebe thing is basically them just getting rid of the catering business. So I wonder how long they originally planned for it to go for. Uh, I'm guessing it probably was only meant to be a few episodes, but you could imagine, oh, if they did the Cajun business, how much like mileage could they get out of doing that? Yeah, I mean, given that from the sound of things, Monica's a very, very, very good chef. Yeah. I would imagine it would eventually have to scale up to be like a meal prep business anyway. Well, not even that. I feel like it. they could have done some more episodes where they go to more terrible like catering things and things happen. Uh yeah, I would have liked to have seen them have to cater like a kids' party. Yeah, like, like there, there could there could have been some some stuff in there, but at the same time, it would have been retreading a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- this episode is very much a transitional one for for what's to come next. Really, true. I don't think it's a bad episode. I think I think the Joanna Rachel stuff really saves it. Uh, I think about that, it would be a dreadful episode. Yes, definitely. I just don't. To me, you know, the episodes around this definitely make this one look worse in comparison. Well, with that, that's the end of our episode. Uh, Thank you for sticking with us to the end. Uh, You can always support us and get more podcasts if you enjoy listening to me talk and Ryan have many tangents. Yep. Uh, At patreon.com forward slash watching friends. We are a Patreon supported episode, as we said at the start. So if you can support us there, please do. Uh, You can also support us for free, which is the best kind of free. Well, not uh, for us. For them, it is. Well, for them, it is. <laughs> oh, no, it helps us too. It, by, uh, you know, using our Twitter and Facebook, Watch Friends Pod. You can, you know, share our episodes out. You can talk to us. You can interact with us. Tell other people about the podcast. That's a free thing you can do that helps us. Yep. Makes us feel slightly warmer inside. And you can also leave us reviews on iTunes and, oh, sorry, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play Podcast. I don't know what they call it now. Spotify. Yeah. Um, you know, there's wherever you get podcasts from, wherever you found us, make sure you're subscribed and uh, you know, leave us a nice review. Tell us what you think of the show. You can write to us at contact at watchingfriends.com with your thoughts on this episode or friends stuff in general. We will read it out. Yeah. And if you fancy sponsoring an episode, we have a lot of listeners now. Uh, we're doing pretty well in our second year. Like, yeah, if you said to, to me or you, how many, how many listeners do you think you'll have, or how many downloads in a month do you think you'll get? after a year would have been like 
hundred. Yeah, I'd have been in like the low hundreds, nowhere near thousands. Yeah, I think that would have been nice. And after two years, like you know, we are in you know four digit territory, pretty deep, heading heading towards five. Um, so yeah, you, if you want to sponsor an episode, maybe you've got your own podcast, your own small business. Can we reach a whole bunch of listeners? I'm very excited to get to like 10,001 listeners so I can say that our podcast has tens of thousands of listeners. <laughs> tens of thousands of that. But yeah, maybe we can do that within within year two of our podcast. I think yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we got that, yeah. Um, based on our trajectory. So yeah, if you can sponsor us, that would be great. Um, if you've got some money to burn, you know, maybe you just want to wish someone happy birthday. <laughs> you can sponsor the episode for doing that. If we to like cameo, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're up for that, aren't we? Yeah, yeah if you want to have us... Uh, talk for a minute about something of interest to you whether that's a business or something stupid uh we'll do that um otherwise i think uh where else can we find you ryan uh, as always you can find me at gamehype.co.uk for your gaming news reviews and shenanigans i'm currently working on a review for star wars jedi survivor so by the time this podcast comes out that's going to be pretty out of date yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you, if you were interested in that game a few months ago, you can find out what Ryan well, thought about the it. The review will be there now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you can find me at fuzzballs.co, where I draw my little cute animals. And we've got plush and toys and T-shirts and mugs and all sorts of things. Uh, we're actually getting ready to uh, take it to America. Um, this podcast might go out just before. So we're going to be hopefully at uh, Fan Expo Philadelphia. Um, sadly, I won't be there personally, but uh, Fuzzballs will. Will so. there be a big sign that says the flyers suck? No, they won't. Oh. Um, I don't want to offend anyone. I don't even know which state they're from. The Philadelphia flyers. Okay, I did not know that. They suck. I didn't. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't really want to upset you know half the population that might be there. Can I go and take a sign that says? No, you can. Oh. You can. You can wear it on your <laughs> chest, and you can you can walk around. Let us know how that goes. Why don't you live film it? It might be interesting. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna gonna be at Fan Expo Philadelphia. Um, if this podcast goes up before then, hopefully you'll come by and check out some of the stuff that I do. Um, and we're gonna be in Boston in the future as well. My favorite football is Ollie the Rabbit because he drinks tea, and that makes him my favorite. And, and there's Whiskey the Cat and Timmy the Tiger. They they play video games. They like anime. They like the TV show Friends as well. They do. Um, definitely, Timmy has uh, some inspiration from Joey in his clumsiness. He does. In street smarts. Doesn't share food. Yeah. Yeah, definitely doesn't share food. Um, so, yeah, you can check me out there. So, thank you very much for listening to the very end of another Watching Friends episode. We'll see you all again next week. Cheerio. Goodbye. <laughs>